Hello, welcome to the Embracing Contrast podcast with your hosts, Natalie White and Jackie Sharp. Today, we are going to talk about inner child, the topic of inner child, what what is, um, you know, inner child work to us. I'm not really sure. So maybe that's something we might ask you later. But hello, Natalie. Hey, Jackie, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Feeling a little childish, you know, sucking on a sucker. And it's licorice flavored because I'm an adult. So <laughs> I, can, I can eat these, these licorice flavored suckers. But anyways, <laughs> inner child, inner child. Let's talk about that today. So I'm going to ask you, what, what do you think inner child is all about? Well, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Um, I see people talking about inner child work and I will admit that I don't necessarily know what other people mean when they talk about it. If it's something, you know, if there's something particular that they, they are specifically talking about, um, the, the concept itself, as far as what other people might agree to what it is, I don't know what it means to me that um I can speak to that (laughs) so um it it to me is you know as children we come into the world and we begin to learn about reality from our parents so as children we begin to formulate rules of engagement with the world um, as far as we understand it. Uh, if we um, have have a behavior that our parents don't like, they, you know, they, they and they express their dislike of it, we're going to go, oh, that is something I shouldn't do. So, you know, let's say, that as a child, you're very loud running around, you know, making a lot of noise and your parents will get mad at you every time you are very loud. So then you will learn that a rule of life is you should not be very loud. So over time, you might create this, this thing where, you know, oh, you come to a conclusion as a child that, oh, being loud is bad. I get in trouble when I get loud, so I shouldn't do that in order for me to be safe. This becomes an image that you create of the world, basically, of how you should, a a good person, a good me is quiet. So, you know, then in, in your world as a child, that works. Um, it's, it's this, this rule of engagement that every time, you know, you being quiet makes your parents happy. Maybe the more, the less you speak, the happier they are. Maybe, you know, um, it means that you don't speak up and then they will reward you by fulfilling your needs when you don't speak up. So then you create this, this misconception, this image that in order to get my needs fulfilled, I must not express them. And in this situation as a child it works it becomes reinforced it's how you live throughout your childhood in the relationship with your parents so 
you you form your personality, you form yourself in all these ways. And then as you become an adult, you're still operating on these old images, misconceptions and assumptions about how the world works. And then you go out into the world and you're not expressing your needs. And then suddenly people aren't fulfilling them. And it's like, why isn't this working? And so you're, I mean, I guess this, this isn't exactly about, you know, inner child. This is about the images and misconceptions and how we form, you know, our personalities and, and the way that we operate through the world. But it's connected because then, you know, there, there are certain things that happen through us throughout our lives where parts of ourselves kind of are always trying to go back to it, always trying to recreate these childhood situations in order to resolve them, you know, like, like trying to, um, get these um you know and uh, i don't know okay i trying like thinking of my example i'm trying to find a way to like bring that back to this this inner child thing and i'm not connecting it exactly but um jackie <laughs> i'm losing myself right now here do you have any thoughts about anything i just said <laughs> yes. Um, well, for me, uh, when I when I think about, you know, inner child work or any kind of inner child thing, I, I don't really see it as anything different than doing shadow work, than doing inner work. So it, it really made sense to kind of go off a little bit <laughs> because it, it is all related. It all connects in, in one way or another. So uh, from my experience, the grander vision, the looking at everything and the root, which is often what inner child work is, is doing quote unquote root work or, you know, the the foundation type of stuff. Because when we were a kid, that, that's our foundation. That's the way we view the world. That's where we uh, begin to have our perception of ourself and the world around us through what we were taught. So that's kind of where I never really understood it because in my mind, shadow work was that shadow work was doing inner child work. It was going within those parts of me that I hit or rejected. So I never saw it as different in any way to what I was already doing. So it, it kind of, when I was presented with, you know, doing inner child work, I was like, well, how is that different? What, what is the difference between, you know, what I'm doing and, and inner child work? Because I'm still accessing parts of my being from a child from that perspective and, you know, including them into my life now. So there's always kind of been like, it's bigger <laughs> than, than just, you know, focusing on that for me. But I, I, I liked what you said. It made sense to me. I was just like nodding my head the whole time going, yep, yep. <laughs> it resonates. It, it's exactly, uh, you know, as, as I do it, as, as I see it. But I do know that others uh, like to specifically do, like specifically, I've seen some, um, you know, witchy groups that talk about their child work kind of adjacent to shadow work and it's like uh, you know the, the there's that separation and then I'm like well one's not more important than the other they're the same inner work shadow work 
inner child work. You know, to me, it, it's really all the same thing, just different focuses in, in different aspects. And that's okay, but it's still the same thing. It's like this, this concept may be a little bit different. You may have this thing that it might be different, but it's all the same. So I know there's a story that I'm very interested <laughs> in sharing because it's one of my favorites. <laughs> what, what, what's your story around the inner child exploration? Yes. Oh, it's my favorite story. And I love telling it. So, um, well, well, for me, you know, prefacing it before we get into the, the story, um, there is, oh, um, it's like there's a part of us that can kind of stay lagging behind the rest. And to me, that's kind of how I see the inner child. There's like, we get stuck in certain things that happened to us in the past. So these emotions, like, okay, so these emotional aspects of us, when we repress them, they stay at the maturity level of whatever age we were. So I guess the point I was trying to think of before and then I lost, uh, but I came back to as you were talking about it, is that, um, so in that, in that example that I was saying, like, the the feelings that were felt at that time um that were repressed and changed in order to honor this rule quote unquote that we discovered as a child or that we came to as a child the those emotions that we had to repress at the time they they stay there you know so to me i guess that's kind of what the inner child you know inner child work tends to be it because those emotions are stuck at that period of time of when we were a child. So it's almost as if inside of us, when we come into contact, for lack of a better word, when we open ourselves up to allow those, those emotions to come up, it's almost as if when we go into those emotions, we are that age that we were when we suppress the emotion because it wasn't allowed to mature through the stuffing it down into the shadows that we did at the time so so it's almost like when i like to to think of it as allowing myself to be the child again in those moments when i'm expressing it so my story um and and where i really kind of understood this going into that child that i was um it was, oh my God, it was 10, 10 years now, over 10 years at this point. Uh, I was living with my parents and my sister had her first child. Um, my niece was two or no, I think she was three. She was three at the time. And I was watching her. We were listening to some music, dancing around. We were having lots of fun. I was wearing a flowy skirt and twirling and she was like looking at my skirt like oh my god <gasps> you know like it was so pretty you know she she was like starry-eyed about my my twirly skirt and <clears throat> it was one of those wraparound skirts and it was it was a, a long one but I had a short one just like it that would be long on her because she was three years old so I was like oh my goodness I have one that will fit you do you want, do you want me to go get it? And she was like, oh yeah, yeah. So we went into my room and I went to get it. And, oh yes, um, 
a, a little aside here. She was, you know, in that, that time of like baby talk and it, it, was, it was cute. You know, she'd like say things a little bit wrong and she referred to herself as baby, you know, because I think that's how her grandmother would talk to her. So she'd be like, baby, you know, wants this or baby, blah, blah, blah. When she's talking about herself. Um, so, okay. Anyway, back to the skirt. So we went into my room and I was all excited. I opened the drawer and I pulled it out and I lifted it up and I showed it to her and I was like, here, this is a skirt. <laughs> she looked at it and her response instantaneously was she, she whipped her head up, like, like, like putting her nose up at it. And she says, baby, don't like it. And she twirled around and sauntered off into the living room. And I was left there holding the skirt up with this, like, huh? You know, like, like with my job and like, wait, what just happened? And there was a part of me that started to feel offended. Like, wait, what? That's rude. Oh my God. This, you know, like talk about impolite, like somebody needs to teach this girl manners. And then because I was in, into shadow work at the time, I was like in the middle of like doing all of this work on myself and getting into it, really getting deep into it. I had. I had that initial reaction, but then I like this, this part of me was like, actually, I mean, she wasn't saying anything about me. She wasn't telling me I had bad taste. She wasn't saying I was an ugly skirt. She wasn't making a judgment call. All that she was doing was expressing what she felt. She didn't like it. That was it. She just didn't like it. There was, it was pure, just spontaneous like mm, nope don't like it anyway let's go back to dance. you know <laughs> let's go back to dancing it's all good um <laughs> and I stood there and as I processed that for a second I was like that's actually kind of amazing my my inner child suddenly was like oh I wish I could do that you know like just express what I like instead of trying to like you know walk on eggshells be like oh or, or like accept what I don't like because other people like it to make them feel okay about themselves to, to for you know whatever polite reason or all the different things that you know we're taught to suppress and all that I was like oh my god I love this and I took that and basically incorporated that into my own shadow work I was like okay she simply didn't like it and that was okay I need to give myself permission to do that too you know I don't like it and that's okay baby don't like it and I turned like <laughs> and I started doing it I started saying that to myself I told my parents the story and we started saying it to each other you know just be like nope baby don't like it you know just giving each one each one of us permission to simply not like something giving ourselves permission to not like it and I still tell the story to this day um I you, you know, told it to my husband a while ago, and we'll we'll use that ourselves. We'll be like, baby, don't like it, you know. And um, that's like my all time favorite story. It's just, it, I I don't know, I I love it, and it really helped me get in touch with what it really meant to just be that child and be spontaneous and get in touch with this part of me that I had, you know, learned to suppress in order to be polite. So that's my baby don't like it story. <laughs> I love that story. It's a great story. It's, it's really a story of acceptance, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's the thing with kids is it's like everything is so new and they're learning and 
we we consider it filters as adults. You know, we have these filters of, oh, they may not like if I say this, this might be rude, this might be this. But kids don't have that. <laughs> They're just straight up, you know, feel what they feel. They think what they think. And it, it comes out, you know, and then, then adults get offended and we start to panic and we don't know and we want to correct the quote unquote bad behavior. And you spoke to that too, the, the process that you had as soon as, you know, receiving it. And it's so true. Even even with my kids, like every day there's a thing where I'm like, ah, you know, <laughs> I have to figure out why I feel this way. Even my husband a few times has said, maybe you should think about why, you know, that makes you feel this way. Why something somebody says makes you feel some kind of way. And I'm like, oh, you're right. <laughs> that, that is a, a part of what I'm supposed to do. But and, and it's so fascinating because I, I did these things through my adult awareness. And then when I started there, it would go back. I would be able to get to the root of some kind of uh, inner child's belief or whatever. Very similar to that where suppress, hide, blah. No, you can't speak. And it's like... That's our foundation, a lot of us, for, for a lot of adults. It's a foundation in, in society with, you know, seen, not heard, all this stuff. This is bad behavior. This is good behavior. And uh, the variations of, and there's always extremes, right? There's, there's a lot of people who had really shitty childhoods and, you know, end up uh, being really good people, you know, and there's the other extreme to that being not so good people. And it's like, when we go back there, when we take that look and not even relive, that's another, you know, misconception is that when you do the shadow work, you have to relive all this trauma and all this stuff. And it, it's really not true. You're looking at it more um, as an observer and, and that kind of makes it hit different. It's not quite the same. And especially when, when we do inner child work, a lot of it can be painful. A lot of it can be traumatic. I know for me, it has been. So going back in there is less about, you know, reliving in the sense of refeeling, but more about understanding, you know, why my thoughts and feelings shaped the way that they did versus, you know, telling myself a story that this is just what it is, this is how it is. I think this one conversation I had with my mom not too long ago, I, I do swear a lot, that is a thing. And um, I, I was just talking to my mom, no kids around, nobody's around, just me and my mom, and I was swearing in front of her. I'm an adult, she's an adult, but she took offense to, to my cussing. And she said, why do you have to swear like that? Why do you always swear? And I said, why are you offended that I always swear? And then she just kind of looked at me and then she's like, it's just not something you're supposed to do. You're just not supposed to do it. And I was like, but why? Who said that I, I'm not supposed to do it, that I can't do it? And she's just like, well, everybody knows that. You, you're just not supposed to, you can't. And I was like, why though? And then it launched this like deeper conversation as to, you know, where it came from for her, why. And she's like, truthfully, I didn't know why. Just as a, as a child, <laughs> I was told that if you swear in front of adults, it's disrespectful to your elders. It's this, it's that, it's the other thing. And it's just something I didn't do. And we just, you know, no one asked why. <laughs> you just, you're a child and you're, you're not supposed to do the thing. So don't do it. It was just bad behavior. And this conversation, really, my mom has yet to bother me <laughs> in any other conversation about my swearing since this, because it is just so 
well, why is that? You know, it's just a word. Why am I offended by it? I don't even know. And I found that with myself too. A lot of the times when I would go back to this root, there's no real reasoning. It's just, you know, question mark. Why question mark, you know? So it's interesting when, you know, you just start to ask yourself why oftentimes you will find that root cause. You will find that baby just didn't like it, you know? And, but you don't always know why. And, And that's kind of the thing. Sometimes you don't need to know why. In specific to, you know, your your story, she doesn't really know why she doesn't like it or didn't like it. And that's okay. <laughs> Could you imagine if that's, you know, if more people just accepted that I just don't like something and it's just, you don't need to explain why, you don't need anything beyond that. Just, I don't like it. Then that's, that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then, and that's connected to also once, when she first said that it was like me feeling like it was saying something bad about me, you know? And I think that's maybe a lot of the reason why we, you know, get defensive is that then we take things personally when it's really simply about her taste. And then, you know, but it it gets mixed in there because since we're not allowed to simply not like something, we have to have a good reason for it. Then we're going to come up with, well, that's, that's bad. That's ugly you know, you shouldn't like it. It's not right. There's some reason why I am justified in not liking it instead of simply, well, that's not to my taste. You know, that's okay. And, and that was kind of what in that moment I was able to see was the, the purity of her response was simply baby don't like it. And that was the end of the conversation. And that's all it was you know she wasn't saying anything about me she was simply saying something about her and that was that was a pretty big revelation for me there in also seeing you know about my child my inner child feeling like I was not allowed to simply dislike something because I disliked it and then real looking around and seeing how we do that so much in a you know, also in observing her, she was, she was in my life at such a important time. I observed her a lot in her interactions with the other adults and everything as I was starting to do my shadow work and just kind of being like, oh, okay, that's that's interesting. Like she had with foods, you know, she, my mother, my mother would, when my mother was watching her, my mother would make her something and, or, you know, ask her if she wanted something that she likes, you know, food that, that we know she likes. And I'll be like, oh, do you want this? She'd be like, no, I don't like that. And mom would be like, no, but you do. She'd be like, no, I don't like that. And I realized that that was, that that's a thing that, um, with kids, I think we do a lot, you know, it was like, well, you like it, you should eat it. And it's like, well, maybe I just don't want it right now. Just because I like it doesn't mean that's what I want to eat right now. You know, like I, I like chicken, but maybe I want a steak instead. You know, I like cookies, but maybe I want ice cream just because I like it doesn't mean I want it right now. And that was this misconception she was starting to put together that in order to be able to say no to something, she was saying, oh, I have to say, I don't like it instead of simply, I don't want it. Because if, if it's, if I like it, but I don't want it, I'm still gonna have to eat it, you know? So, and, and these things coming together in her in ways that as the child, the child isn't 
rationalizing things. The child is just trying something out and seeing what works. Once she's seeing that like, oh, wait, I said I don't like it and they don't make me eat it. So therefore, when I don't want to eat something, this is what I say in order to not have to do that. You know, and even though maybe I like it and then suddenly maybe I'm having to decide that I just because I don't want to eat this now, I'm going to say I don't like it. And then I'm going to forget that I did like it because, you know, like you get into these mazes of things just as this child is simply trying to navigate their present moment. And then these rules, you know, you start putting them together as a kid and getting lost in them. So that, that was an interest, like there's so many interesting things that I learned about myself through observing her as, as she was a toddler, as I was going through my shadow work. Yes, and I, I agree with you on that, that it really is, you know, like, a, it's just shadow work, <laughs> really, you know, when you come down to it, it's focusing on a, a specific time period in your life, but it's still kind of the same process, it's still kind of the same thing. Um, I would, however, say that I wasn't, you know, when, when you were talking about the reliving things, I feel like you do need to feel things again. If you just bring things up in your mind and you don't experience the feelings within them, then you don't actually allow them to mature and dissipate. You're just intellectually opening space for them. But I wouldn't say you have to relive things. You don't have to think about, like, it's not about going into the situations. It's about realizing that you're not in the situation anymore. You're just experiencing the feelings themselves. And you don't have to tell a story about them. You can just simply open up and allow the energetic movement of whatever emotion it is to happen without needing to, you know, to tell the story about it. I mean, I don't know, I guess, I guess I'm not too clear on necessarily what people mean by reliving things because you can't technically relive it because it's not happening anymore. It's all just in your mind, you know? Um, so it's, 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 and honestly, what it really is to me to allow myself to work through those old feelings, it's to and and maybe really what the what the inner child work is is allowing myself to feel those feelings that i suppress it's not about making myself go back to something it's about opening up and allowing me to be who i was not allowing myself to be at the time so it's 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 freeing to to you know like like if as a child I had to hold back throwing a temper tantrum, it actually feels really good now to allow myself to have a temper tantrum. And that's, you know, that's feeling those feelings and, and expressing it and letting it out. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know, I guess I'm not too clear on, on what is necessarily meant by others by reliving stuff. Um, but I do think that the feeling the feelings is important or else you don't truly let it go. Yeah, that's interesting. So with, with regards to reliving it, as I've experienced it, it is feeling. That's, that's kind of what we're avoiding when we don't want to, quote unquote, relive the, the experience is to feel it. And that's kind of the thing, what you talked about. Because with me, I yeah, you're reliving it to a degree, but you're not. It's different. It's, it's not the same. 
you know, reliving it would be exactly what you said, where you're in the situation again, but now you're, you're just kind of looking at it as, as, you know, the observer and allowing yourself to feel whatever shows up. That is important. But if we're focused solely on, you know, going through the, the mental experience of the time, we can get stuck there. That's exactly it. And that's when we're reliving. And what we don't recognize is we're already reliving it anyways by allowing those stories and those those things to continue, you know, in our mind. And it's that's the thing is like you're already reliving it. So you're not going to be reliving it. If, if you do the shadow work associated with it, you're just going to allow those feelings to be free instead of, you know, trapped somewhere in your mind. Every time I get triggered by something, I'm like, okay, you know, let's think about this. Where did this come from? Why do I think that way? What, what, why? Where did it come from? And it typically does come from some kind of belief, you know, to do with something that I experienced or something I was told. And it's like, what do you actually believe in the end? You know, I've had many uh, situations, a few I wrote about in my book, with regards to, you know, my childhood and my experiences with my childhood that I even shamed myself for. Like, that's, that's how like deep the story can, you know, get you. <laughs> like the stories you tell yourself. I, I shamed myself because I thought, you know, this isn't as bad of an experience as some other people may have had. So I, it's like <laughs> invalidating my own experience. And that's also a trained behavior from my own inner child because as a woman, uh, how I grew up as a, as a woman, I wasn't really allowed to feel anything. I shouldn't have feelings, you know, <laughs> and they certainly didn't matter. So it, it was a pattern in my life from a, an inner child standpoint of invalidating my own feelings. That was normal. And it, it's like, that's inner child work is recognizing where that started in the first place. And oftentimes it is trained, uh, you know, conditioning, upbringing, and, you know, I could have easily taken to that, you know, don't cuss in front of me because we just don't do it. <laughs> it's like, just something we don't do. But I'm like, no, like, I, I, it's a thing. And whatever, people sometimes drop these words because they're so frustrated and they don't know what else to say. And, you know, out comes the F word or, you know, and it's not a big deal. And it, it's really about taking those looks back and seeing what you accept and what you don't accept about those things so yeah yeah I agree completely you know um and what you were saying about by not going into the feeling you're reliving it it's so true because by not resolving these issues we recreate them in order to resolve them it's um one of the things that the guide talks about in the path work is recreating childhood hurts, constantly attracting the same situation in, you know, like different places and different, you know, phases, but same situation over and over and over again, trying to resolve it, trying to, you know, get your father to be less mean to you or, or convince him that you're right in all the different people that you're bringing into your life, in your partner, in, in your coworkers and your children, constantly always recreating the same situation, you know, that looks on the outside to be slightly different, but energetically and emotionally inside of you, you're still, it's, you're not, you're, you're not seeing 
the people around you for who they are, you're seeing your, you know, what that that old situation, the old people, your parents, your whatever, superimposed upon the present and not realizing that you're not seeing the current situation for what it is and just kind of hitting your head against a brick against a brick wall because you keep creating the same situation over and over and over again with different people. Um, and then once you can go in and feel the feelings and process that and come to at least, you know, some level of, at, at the very least, some level, level of awareness, but by going into the feeling and processing it and feeling it and releasing it, then you can actually be present in the current situation for what it currently is see the people in the situation for who they currently are instead of you know doing that that energetic fighting against the past in the present and trying to resolve the past in the present which is a fool's game because you can't it doesn't work that way you have to resolve it within yourself so you know you're you're so right we do relive it because we don't face it because we don't feel it because we don't process it um, there was something else that you said there at the end that I was also going to say something about, but I don't remember anymore. <laughs> so you got the important one. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's all that matters. But anyways, thank you, Natalie, for talking to me about inner child. Yeah. Thanks, Jackie. If you enjoyed this podcast, head on over to the Embracing Contrast podcast community on Facebook, where we will share even more content, answer questions you may have, and get you up to date on all upcoming workshops and classes hosted by Natalie White and Jackie Sharp. See you there. Thank you for listening to the Embracing Contrast podcast. Until next time, goodbye.